الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وإنك لعلى خلق عظيم قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أكمل المؤمنين إيمانا أحسنهم خلقا وخياركم خياركم لنسائهم أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected brothers and elders, brothers and sisters With the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala We have been discussing various topics over the past week Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala make it a means of benefit for me, for all of us Allah Ta'ala make it a means of getting closer to Him Allah Ta'ala accept it out of His grace and mercy for all This situation that we find ourselves in is indeed a test but this test for some is a rahmat and for some is an azab as discussed on one of the occasions previously that the Hadith Sharif describes even a plague a plague for some it is a great rahmat and if they eventually even lose their lives in that plague it becomes shahadat for them their appointed time came in a manner that they left with shahadat but for those who reject Allah wa ta'ala, who turn their backs onto Allah ta'ala, for them it becomes an azab so the same thing for some person is a rahmat for somebody it is an azab Likewise, the situation that has come upon us, it is with us. We don't have any control over this. For some, this will become rahmat. It is a test, it's a trial, it's a difficulty. It has become an inconvenience for some to some extent. For some, it has become quite a desperate situation. Some don't have even the basic income for the day that they used to normally get because they don't have any work and it has become a desperate situation for many Allah Ta'ala grant afiyat to one and all we should be making dua for the whole of humanity and begging Allah Ta'ala's help for the whole of humanity our hearts should have that space in it that we can make dua for the whole of humanity for the believers and even for iman for the disbelievers and for afiyat for one and all that as long as there's life there's hope So we should latch on to that hope and inshallah we keep making dua for others that dua would become a means of good for us as well. It will help others also inshallah. Allah Ta'ala accept it. Allah Ta'ala will make it a means of good for others also. And Allah Ta'ala will make it a means of good for us as well. It is reported in the Hadith Sharif that when a person makes dua for somebody in their absence that dua is accepted. So somebody is not there, one person is making dua alone, quietly, in the midst of his, in the middle of, middle of the night, in his own privacy, he's making dua, so nobody else is there. So it doesn't mean that he is totally alone, but basically he's making dua for somebody, 
without that person's knowledge. That person is not aware he's making dua for him. So he's making dua for somebody in their absence. That dua is accepted. And not just finishing off on that, that that dua is accepted. Allah Ta'ala appoints an angel to say Ameen to that dua. So an angel saying Ameen. That Ameen means may this happen accordingly. May Allah Ta'ala accept it. May Allah Ta'ala grant it. So Allah Ta'ala grants this. Nabi Wasallam says it is mustajab. It is accepted. And together with being accepted and the angel saying Ameen to it, that angel then makes dua for the person who is making dua for his Muslim brother, for his fellow Muslim in his absence, the angel then makes dua and says, Walaka bi misl. May you also be granted the same. So you are making dua for somebody else. Allah Ta'ala bless them with afiyat. Allah Ta'ala bless them with barakat. Allah Ta'ala grant them every khair and good in dunya and akhirat. Allah Ta'ala bless them with iman. Allah Ta'ala increase the iman of the believers. Allah Ta'ala strengthen their iman. And Allah Ta'ala keep everybody steadfast on Iman, take them on Iman. So we are making dua for others. This is just some few examples of what kind of dua we should be making. But whatever good we can ask for others. So by making dua for others, we get the dua of the angels in return. So that Mawashafali among his among his ma'amulat, among his standard daily practices. One of it was this dua that he used to make regularly. Allahumma kulla khayrin li kulli muslimi wa muslima. Ya Allah grant every good to every muslim. Ya Allah grant every good to every muslim. What a comprehensive dua this is. And in this is dua for everybody and for every good for everybody. So when a person is sincerely making dua in this manner, in his own space and time, in his privacy, after some salah, between the azan and iqama is a very accepted time of dua. Unfortunately, we lose out on this because we keep ourselves so occupied till the last moment, last moment, that we just have time to now rush and perform the salah only. Whereas that's a very mubarak time of dua. So the dua between the azan and iqama, before maghrib, at the time of sunset, at the time of tahajjud especially, that is the most uh, uh, auspicious time for dua especially and the time when duas are accepted most so in any case we should be trying to make dua and when we sincerely make dua for everybody in this manner our hearts will be clean towards everyone our hearts will be when we are making dua for everybody and making dua for every good for everyone and in particular we should bring to mind at that time people who we have some issue with sometimes our heart is not feeling clean about somebody. Bring to heart and bring to mind that person's name. Or that person, just bring to mind that person. And in general, make dua for everyone also. So when we will keep doing this sincerely, our hearts will keep getting cleaned out. Because malice sets in the heart, jealousy sets in the heart for those who we feel negative towards. We feel, and we don't want to have any good thoughts about the person. We don't want to wish good for the person. That's what happens when malice comes in, when jealousy sets in. Now, these are major disasters that befall a person, that a person harbors jealous, jealousy, harbors malice, and all these kind of maladies of the heart. But by sincerely making dua for everyone, Allahumma kulla khairin li kulli muslimi wa muslima, Allah grant every good, every good.
in that every good is barkat in rizq, is uh, progress in a person's deen, a person's dunya, afiyat in every matter, the person has the best of dunya, best of akhirat, the person's children become very obedient, very obliging, very good, very intelligent, the person, the between the spouses there's a lot of muhabbat and understanding, the family is a family that becomes an example of Jannat, all these things we bring into mind for others, for everyone, when we are making this kind of dua, very comprehensively all this is being asked for, that the person's every good of deen, progress in deen, the person becoming a very great, pious person, becoming among the Ahlullah, becoming among the Awliya Allah, all these things are included in this, and it's included first in this. And then together with that, all the good of dunya also, the person being protected from every difficulty and hardship, so all this is included in there. So to make dua sincerely for everybody, Allahumma kulla khairin li kulli muslimi wa muslima, Allah grant every khair, every good to every muslim. And then we should even make dua for the whole of humanity, make for hidayat for everybody. And if hidayat is not decreed for somebody who has become an obstacle in deen, for somebody who is becoming a problem for the mu'mineen and has become an obstacle in deen and hidayat is not decreed for them, then we make dua Allah Ta'ala, remove them from the face of this earth. So we should be making dua sincerely for ourselves, for everybody, and this would become a means of our own progress, this would become a means of gaining the closeness of Allah wa Ta'ala, this would become a means of becoming among the chosen servants of Allah Ta'ala. So this is an extremely important thing to do, dua. So we were talking about the situation that we find ourselves in, that for some it will become rahmat, it is a very difficult situation for many, but it will become rahmat, and Allah forbid for some it will be azab. For who it will become rahmat? For those who use this as an opportunity. It has come up now. We don't have any choice in it. We don't have any control over the situation. It's not in our control to do anything to undo this situation for now. We cannot uh, bring about a change in that. So in any case that for now is not in our control. But what we can do, we can make this as an opportunity of good for ourselves. We can make this as an opportunity of good for ourselves, that we use this now in a way that benefits us, benefits our families, benefits us in our deen, and benefits us as a family as well. So the person who now will use this opportunity, that now I have this extra time on hand, and in order to now maximize this, I can now engage more in the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala. We program ourselves. I need to cover up so much of tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif at least, and so many times Durud Sharif, so many times Istighfar, and all the various other a'mal. So we have discussed this at length previously. So now this is a reminder, a refresher that we should program ourselves, that these are the minimums that I should be doing, and those minimums now should be more than the norm, more than what we were previously doing, because we have so much of time available to us to exert ourselves in more ibadat, more dua, more good, more ta'aleem, etc. So we should be now 
becoming very conscious of Allah Ta'ala and turning our attention to Allah Ta'ala more. So now the person who uses this as an opportunity on a daily basis generally, there was no opportunity to perform Ishraq Salah for example, but now there is that opportunity. So we're taking advantage of that, we're performing the Ishraq Salah. There wasn't the time and the opportunity for example to perform the Awabin, so now we're using this opportunity. Before we were finishing off very late at night and then the next morning early somebody had to go to work and especially in the summer mornings, summer nights are very short so to wake up in the early part of the morning was difficult but now it's easy, person can cover up their sleep later. So we try, we try to wake up closer to Fajr time at least and make two rakats, nafil of Salatul Tahajjud and then it will be Fajr time coming in and then we perform our Fajr Salah. So in any case, the person who will use this opportunity to do more good, then though this is a difficulty, it is a trial, it is a test, but this trial has become rahmat. It has become a bounty from Allah Ta'ala. Because the person used this to become closer to Allah Ta'ala. Used it as an opportunity to make sincere tawbah, to turn to Allah Ta'ala in earnestness. For that person it has become a great rahmat. But Allah forbid, Allah forbid, that the person says, well now I got more time to Nauzubillah watch more movies. Now I have more time to engage in more of the, engage in more of the, engage in more of the other futile things. And instead of increasing ibadat, that too decreases. As it is for many who, mashallah, were very, very regular in attending the masjid, all the five times Salah was in the masjid. Now, many of us have become deprived of that. So already this is a major step backwards. Though it's not in our control, Allah Ta'ala will bless all those who are regular with their Salah, with Jama'ah in the masjid. Allah Ta'ala will keep blessing them with the reward of the masjid. Because this is the grace of Allah Ta'ala. It is mentioned in the Hadith Sharif that the person who, due to old age or sickness, person due to old age or sickness, cannot continue with those amal that the person was regular with. While there was health, while there was still energy and strength, but now because of old age, the energy is gone, the strength is gone. So those amal that the person was regular with is now not possible, is not carrying on because of the difficulty now, old age. Or the person, mashallah, while he was healthy, he was very regular with various amal, tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, and several paras daily, making a lot of zikr, dua, tasbihat, and other efforts of deen, and like going to the masjid daily. But now suddenly, due to sickness, the person can't continue with these amal. Our Rabb, our Allah Ta'ala is so gracious, so merciful, so kind, so benevolent. Allah Ta'ala grants this banda of his that reward though he did not perform that amal because of that old age of sickness now he cannot continue with it but what he was regularly doing that still continues the reward of it continues subhanallah what is the grace of Allah Ta'ala how limitless is the bounty of Allah Ta'ala but this is a very big lesson at the same time that those mashallah who were regularly attending the masjid with for salah jama'ah now this became a situation of helplessness. They are helpless, they can't make it. Because even if they want to, it's not 
in the capacity to do so. So because they were regular, now they're performing the salah at home, inshallah, with jama'ah. But the masjid was not possible, they're still getting the reward of the salah in the masjid. Because this is now a situation beyond their control. So the lesson here is that those who, mashallah, were regular, now without that happening, they are still getting the reward. But the person wasn't regular. Now, alhamdulillah, he started performing his salah. But now he started performing it now. So he's getting the sawab of the salah that he's performing. But the masjid, he wasn't going previously. He's not getting the sawab now also. So the very big lesson is that we have no idea what the future holds for us. When we will still be around, when we will be gone, we have no idea. What is the situation of health, sickness, we have no idea. Currently we have so much of energy, strength, but suddenly if old age catches up with us, what is going to be the condition then, we have no idea. So the lesson in this is, that while the person has the strength, while the person has the energy, while the person has the health, we must make full use of this and take advantage of this in the best way by doing as much amal as we can and being regular on it. Because someday the situation could change. Allah Ta'ala keep us with afiyat, Allah Ta'ala keep us with that energy, with that strength, with that ability to continue with all the good that Allah Ta'ala blesses the tawfiq with and Allah Ta'ala increase the tawfiq of the good. Allah Ta'ala save us from every wrong. But we have no idea what is tomorrow, what is the case ahead. But mashallah, all the, those who would be regular with those amal, while they were healthy, while they had the energy and strength, Allah forbid if that situation changes, but their amal will still continue. Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy. That that nawafil, the person was regular with the tahajjud, now they can't make it because of illness, because of old age. They slept through the tahajjud time, but they got the reward written for them. This person performed tahajjud. The person was reading three paras every day. Now because of illness, the person is managing half a para. But they're getting recorded as this person read three paras of the Quran Sharif. This person made so much of tasbihat and zikr. This person did so much of khidmat. So all those things that a person was regular with, the lesson now is that we should start increasing our amal while we have this ability, while we have the strength. So someday if the situation changes, then our meter of amal keeps running. This is Allah Ta'ala's grace. That the meter, the meter is running still. Though that benefit is not, or the, the amal is not there, but the benefit of the amal is continuing. Now where will you get that anyway? That for example, a person goes to fill up in a garage, so the meter is running, 10 rands, 50 rands, 100 rands, 200 rands, but no petrol is coming out of there. So that person who comes there to fill up, he says, I am giving you nothing in return. What kind of meter is this? This meter is running, but it's not, it's not giving anything in return. So you want to take the money for nothing. But Allah wa ta'ala says, the meter of your amal is running, meaning those benefits of the amal are continuing. This meter of that petrol pump is not giving anything. It's running, the person is going to take offense to it because there's nothing coming out on that side. But here Allah Ta'ala says, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is giving this lesson and message to us that that meter of the amal continue. So now we should take advantage of this. There's so much of time that we can be doing something. For example, somebody has made this their 
their routine, their daily practice, that while they are busy with some chores, for example, in the home, they are going to be making at least 100 times istikhar, 100 times, only to dedicate some time daily, to, to dedicate some time to be sitting, be sitting down in one place with full concentration, without any distraction. There should be some dedicated, be some dedicated time in this manner for tasbihat, for tilawat. Somebody cannot manage much. We do how much we can manage, but there should be some time. It is a very big tragedy if there's no time. Because there's always time, but we have made other things creep into that time. And not just creep in, we have allowed other things to dash into that time. The social media and all the other futile things that continue on the phone and other devices, and then chatting here and there and everywhere. But the time for tilawat is now gone. The time for tasbihat, the person can't have five minutes to make tasbihat. Say, no, no, I'm very busy. I just don't have time. But the time is all gone in these things. So therefore, there has to be some tartib now. There has to be some time dedicated, fixed. This is the time for my tasbihat, for my tilawat, for dua, dedicated time for dua. And then over and above that, to become habitual of this. That while we are engaged in our chores, etc., we can easily be, if not 100% of the time, 75% of the time, if not 75% of the time, 50% of the time, if not even 50% of that time, 25% of that time. So now what's difficult in that? 25% of that time at least gets uh, occupied in tasbihad, some guru sharif, some istighfar, and nothing has stopped. That work is carrying on because at that time, often and very often, and more often than not, people are not engaged in anything else. And there is even sometimes nobody else to be even discussing anything with. person is alone, continuing with her work, his work. So that work also is not getting uh, hampered in any way. That work is continuing to. But the tongue, unfortunately, we haven't accustomed it to be engaged in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Very great muhaddith, very great scholar of deen, Hafiz ibn Hajar, who authored the very world-renowned commentary of Bukhari Sharif. Anyone who studies the knowledge of deen, and anyone who goes through the alim course, or even just, sometimes just maybe only did one year and stopped two, Without fail, he would hear the name of Habib Hafiz ibn Hajar rahmatullahi Open the Fazail Amal and repeatedly on many, many places you'll find the words of Hafiz ibn Hajar rahmatullahi being quoted. Every kitab here and there, in some place or the other, you'll find some mention of Hafiz ibn Hajar rahmatullahi Any book of Hadith especially, any book where there's some scholarly discussion, you will find some, some mention of him. Such a great muhaddith. And this voluminous book and this commentary of Bukhari Sharif no person who studies hadith in depth or goes into any extra studies is uh, able to do without this he will have to come to this some way or the other so such a great muhaddis and his whole time now was occupied in this work in writing hadith sharif and writing the commentary of hadith sharif and engaged in such a great and noble thing but whenever he would stop to sharpen his pen now those days was that reed pen. So that reed pen, like how we have pencils, now you keep writing after a while, you go to sharpen it. So you go to stop and sharpen it. So now he's busy writing now that reed pen, it needs sharpening. 
So when he would stop to sharpen it, now he is busy in such a noble task. He's, he's writing, he's writing Hadith Sharif and writing the commentary of Hadith Sharif and explaining the Hadith Sharif. But now when he would stop, for that moment he can't be writing. So now while he's busy sharpening that pencil, that pen, that reed pen, immediately he would start, Subhanallah, Walhamdulillah, Wala ilaha illallah, Wallahu Akbar. Now he's busy sharpening that pen also, and his tongue is engaged in this tasbih at the same time, which is afdalul zikr. In one hadith it is described as the most virtuous of the azkar and the tasbihat. So, this, immediately he would switch to this. So perhaps somebody asked him one day that, you barely just stop that writing and you start off, he says, see, why should I waste this time? Why should I while this time away in nothing? I go to sharpen this pen, but my tongue can be engaged in some tasbih at that time. This is that message of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, which these people took to heart. One sahabi came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he expressed this situation to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the inna shara'i al-islami qad kasurat alayya. That there are so many things that have been taught to us in vain. So many amal. In other words, that mashallah, all these things are so excellent, so wonderful, but I am unable to do everything all the time. You can do something sometimes, something in other words, in terms of the faraiz, wajibat, sunnat, muakkada. There's no question about compromising even one iota of that. That has to be done fully, completely. But then together with that, the sunnat, ghair muakkada, obviously that too should not be missed out. But then there's nawafil, there's mustahabbat, there's tasbihat, there's zikr, there's tilawat. There's various du'as to be made. There's various other a'mal. There's so many things, the virtues of which have been mentioned in the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So there's so much of it. There are things to be done in the morning, things in the evening, things during the day, things at night, in terms of the mustahabbat, the nawafil, the various a'mal. So now it's not in everybody's capacity to do everything. Some person here or there would be able to do much of it sometimes the virtues of fasting so much, then the virtues of other amal, so many things. So now, it's like a person sitting at the Dastar Khan. Mm. Now it's the day of Eid, it's some occasion, and that Dastar Khan is laid out with so many things, 20, 30 delicacies all there. Not that we should now overdo things, but there's 20, 30 different kind of delicacies, example we're giving. And now all these things are the favorites that this person looks forward to. But now how much is he going to eat? How much can he eat at one time? But though he can only though he can only eat so much, perhaps out of the 30, 40 things, he'll be able to eat 2, 3, 5. He starts tasting only from one side. By the time he comes to 7, 8, 10, he'll be done. Unless somebody has that capacity of eating, then Allah knows best. But in any case, every person will be able to eat only so much and then stop. But the person looks at all those things with such uh, enthusiasm and feels so happy to see all these things on that Dastar Khan and feels so tempted to take all this, something of it everywhere. Now this is for food, there is this inclination, there is this zeal, this enthusiasm and this want and after the person ate 5, 7, 10, now the person is already full. There is no place and there is no way he can eat anymore. But now he's feeling disappointed. He's eating 
and he ate so much, but now he's feeling disappointed. I couldn't even taste those other things. Now there's a sense of disappointment. Why? Because it's food. So the Sahaba Ikram, the Salaf Salihin, the pious predecessors, the Kabir of our Zamana and every time, just as we get disappointed when we did not manage to taste some of those delicacies on the Dastar Khan, they feel a sense of disappointment that they couldn't do more amal. We feel like a burden now that first Salatu just became like, well, we did it, we did Allah Ta'ala favor. That's how we feel. And that too was, well, Alhamdulillah, I got done. Meaning like, like a person just got done with something now. Well, okay, fine. I got safe from the azab of not performing it. But doing it out of love, doing it for the love of Allah Ta'ala, that unfortunately we are generally far away from. Illa mashallah, whom Allah Ta'ala is blessed with that gift and bounty. Otherwise it's more just to get done with it. Alhamdulillah, that too is a very great blessing that a person performs the salah. But we need to get beyond that also now. We need to make dua to Allah Ta'ala and start moving forward, start doing it out of love and feeling disappointed that we could not do more in terms of the nawafil, mustahabbat, tasbihat, askar. That sense of disappointment, a person now is sitting locked down. I can't go fishing. I can't go fishing. He's feeling very disappointed about that. Somebody can't go jogging because that jogging also has been banned. Now somebody is a fanatic of going jogging every day. And I can't go that jogging. Somebody can't go to the gym. The gym is closed. So now that gymming stopped, the fishing stopped, the jogging stopped. Somebody was, they had some craze about whatever activities they had, some sporting activities and something else. And now all that has come to a halt because of the lockdown situation. So there is a sense of disappointment. There is some sorrow in the heart of some kind, some feeling of loss, some feeling of like deprived, deprivation of some sort, that I got deprived of this. I can't go, I can't do this, I can't do that. Somebody was a very, very uh, regular uh, he participant in some indoor soccer, whatever the case is, some um, football that he was playing every week. Now suddenly all that has stopped. So now there's a sense of disappointment. Now that sense of disappointment on these kind of things, futile things, have we felt that disappointment that I couldn't do more amal? Have we felt that disappointment that I couldn't make it to the masjid? Have you felt that disappointment that I missed my tilawat today? Have I felt that disappointment that such Mubarak days are passing but I didn't do more amal? Now that is the thing that needs to be developed. That sense of disappointment for not having done more in being. So this is what the Sahabi came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa with that with that feeling of that now I'm, I'm getting left out now because there's so much available to be done but I can't do so much. There's so many things. You can take this, you can do that, you can, so many amal. But I am now stuck. I can only do so much. So now am I going to be left out of everything? So he comes to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and he asks that there are so many things to do but I can only do so much. What should I do now? So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and he asks, so now send me something 
tell me something that I should hold fast to because I can't do everything. So at least something that I will dedicate myself to. So Rasulullah gave to him a prescription. لا يزال لسانك رطبا من ذكر الله Keep your tongue moist with the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Subhanallah. In one line, everything has been encompassed. Keep your tongue moist with the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. This includes all the forms of remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Some zikr a person is making, that is Allah Ta'ala's remembrance. The person is making tilawat of the Quran Sharif, that is Allah Ta'ala's remembrance. The person is talking to somebody of deen, that is Allah Ta'ala's remembrance. He's talking something halal to somebody, some family. The person is talking to his parents with muhabbad. Spouses are talking to each other with muhabbad. They're talking to their children with affection. They're talking, but with the right niyat. Now they just change the niyat. That this is not just idle talk. Even to make a person comfortable, to talk something that is mubah, something that is permissible. But because this creates a kind of friendly atmosphere, it creates a a good feeling. So now the person is engaging in some conversation. He's not uh, aloof from everybody. And the only place that he is deep down into is his devices. And Allah knows best if that is vices or just devices. One is a device, but then the person is not just on a device, he's in vice. He's involved in sin and involved in haram. So, now the person is shunning his family and getting immersed in haram, then such a time becomes an azab for the person. Allah Ta'ala protect us from that. So now the person is engaging in some light-heartedness also. There was a great personality, Khaja Azizul Hassan Madzub, Rahmatullah He was among the Khulafa of Hazrat Mawlana Ashraf Ali Thanwi, Rahmatullah Very senior personality. He was not a formal alim, but in the Sahabat and in the company of Hazrat Thanwi, Rahmatullah he became a very great person, very senior person, after Hazrat Mawlana Ali Thanwi, Rahmatullah passed away. Senior Khulafa who were ulama as well, and who were people of very high caliber, they then turned to Khaja Sahab, who was actually at one time on a very high position under the British government in India. But he then changed his whole direction. So these people, these great ulama also turned to him to make him their sheikh now. So one day he was sitting, Hazrat Mufti Muhammad Shafi Sahib, who is the, was the Grand Mufti of Pakistan in his time, he too turned to Khaja Sahib, and many others were present also. So he says, Khaja Hassan Madzur he was now the head of this gathering, and he says he started speaking some very light-hearted things, some things that started making us laugh. And he says he started saying such things, obviously within the limits of Sharia, not something that is has any vulgarity in it, any lie in it, but some amusing things. And he says it was such a situation that some of us started holding our stomachs and laughing. We couldn't. We couldn't take it anymore. We told him, please now, enough now, we, we can't handle this anymore. So as everybody was laughing and bending over laughing, so to say, he suddenly stopped. He just stopped and became serious. So now one minute the person himself is making everybody laugh and then suddenly out of the blue he just stops dead and he becomes serious. And then he says, look, I want to ask everybody sitting here, in this time now, this few minutes, four minutes, five minutes, whatever might have passed in that manner, that we were talking these light-hearted things and we were engaging in this very 
light-hearted discussion, everybody was laughing, and who became a ghafil of Allah Ta'ala in this time? Who became unmindful of Allah Ta'ala? So Musti Shafi Sahib Rahmatullahi says that everybody kept quiet, nobody said anything. So when nobody said anything, so eventually he then spoke up, and he said, Alhamdulillah, in this entire time, in other words, he himself, though at that time, he was doing the talking, and he was saying the light-hearted things, and he was the person that was now, as we will say, cracking the jokes. But he's saying, Alhamdulillah, in all this time, for one moment, now this was, he was giving a lesson, this was not a kind of bragging of any sort, because these people were turning to him for their guidance, for their spiritual abuse, for their spiritual achievement. So now he was imparting a lesson, and this was a very practical lesson he was imparting. That look, all this time was going in a very, very light-hearted manner, but he said, Alhamdulillah, in all this time that we were busy joking in this manner, for one moment also I was not unmindful of Allah Ta'ala. My tongue was saying what it was saying, in other words, what he meant to say, my tongue was saying these jokes and making everybody laugh, but my heart was focused towards Allah Ta'ala. Unfortunately, while we are reading zikr also, our heart is focused in dunya. While we are in salah also, the heart is in the business, the heart is in the sport, the heart is somewhere outside, the heart is anywhere and everywhere. So even in zikr also, our heart is elsewhere. And mashallah, those who connect themselves to Allah Ta'ala, so their tongues sometimes are saying something, speaking to somebody, obviously it will be within the limits of sharia, even saying some light-hearted things to people, but the heart is focused towards Allah Ta'ala, that my Rabb is watching me. My Rabb is aware of what I am speaking. Allah Ta'ala is watching, Allah Ta'ala is aware, and Allah Ta'ala is the one who is going to take me to task if I say something that is out of line, and if I am doing it, what is correct, what is within the limits, and I'm doing it for the for the right purposes, with the correct intention, then my Rabb is going to reward me for this. That consciousness, that consciousness is there. So now that doesn't make a person distant from Allah Ta'ala. That laughing also won't create hardness in the heart. That laughing won't create darkness in the heart. So this is the way that the people who understood the teachings of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and who were connected to Allah wa Ta'ala, they attached themselves in this manner. So, mashallah, in the midst of all that laughing and joking also, their hearts were connected to Allah Ta'ala. So, coming back to what we were discussing, that many a times there is nothing else happening physically that we need to, or, or, or that we need to occupy ourselves in talking something. The person is engaged in their chores or whatever else, which allows time to be engaged in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. So some portion, not 100%, 50%, not 50, 25% of that time. So every now and again, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, some durood sharif, some istighfar, some zikr of Allah Ta'ala on the tongue, Allah, Allah, La ilaha illallah. So that will become a source of so much of good. But it didn't cost anything. It didn't cost anything, obviously, in money-wise, definitely nothing, not even one portion of a cent, it didn't even cost any time as such, because the person was occupied in something at that time, but it's just a consciousness, it's just a matter of getting this in the heart and mind, that I should try and keep myself engaged in some remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. So tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif is remembrance, zikr is remembrance, talking in this manner to one's parents, one's family, one's children, 
in a way to encourage them. It might be even to encourage somebody in some other way, just emotionally lift up somebody's spirits, something or the other. So the right niyat is there, that too becomes an ibadat with the right niyat. Idhalu sururi fi qalbil mu'min, bringing happiness to the heart of a mu'min, that is an ibadat. But what is being said is within the limits of sharia. So all this is included in that zikr. That keep your tongue moist with the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. If the right niyat is there, then even this talking correctly within the limits of shariat, that too becomes a kind of zikr for us. So, this is very, very comprehensive. The person engaged in dua is also in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. And the person engaged in salah is also in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. And the person sleeping in the sunnah manner, the person went to bed fulfilling all the sunnats and the adab, and with the right intention that now I'm going to sleep, inshallah, this will become a means of rest and gaining back the strength and the energy so that I will wake up in time for tahajjud salah, or I will wake up at least for fajr salah in time, if I've already performed some nafil with the niyat of qiyamul layl, and the person can't make it for tahajjud, so at least that much they're doing. So, but the niyat is there that I will never miss my fajr and I need this energy now to be able to engage in the work of deen. So even that sleeping will become ibadat. That too will be recorded as zikr. That eating will be recorded as zikr. If the, the right niyat is made in it. So what a comprehensive thing. And what a simple thing. What a simple prescription Rasulullah gave us. So that is a lesson for us. And this is a time now to create that environment and to create that system. So if a person has used this time in the correct manner and, in, and inculcated the right deeds within our lives, inculcated the right enthusiasm and zeal for deen, increased our amal, turned to Allah Ta'ala, made more dua and shunned sin, then this, though it's a difficulty, it's a trial, but it's a rahmat and a very big rahmat. And Allah forbid, if this became a time to engage more in wrong, then this is an azab. Allah Ta'ala protect us from it being an azab. So we should be increasing our amal, increasing our dua, increasing our tilawat, etc. And turning more to Allah Ta'ala wa ta'ala, and making dua for ourselves, for the entire ummah of Rasulullah wasallam, begging for every good for everyone. Inshallah, in this way, we too will be blessed and everybody else will also benefit from that dua. Allah Ta'ala wa ta'ala, give us the tawfiq وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين ونذكر فرص يومنا سندوا إن شاء الله كسيد بركسي لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله لا إله إلا الله إلا الله 
تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم الله الله جل جلاله عم نواله الله 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 لا اله الا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى اله واصحابه واصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عاقب امورنا بالخير بيدك الخير انك على كل شيء قدير ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا اله الا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسالك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمه من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أكرم الأكرم الأكرمين يا راحم المساكين يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا لا تؤاخذنا ان نسينا او اخطانا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا اسرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقه لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا انت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها 
اللهم آتي نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها اللهم اهدنا لأحسن الأخلاق لا يهدي لأحسنها إلا أنت واصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها إلا أنت اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى واجعل آخرتنا خيرا من الأولى ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين واجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم اللهم اغفر لأمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارحم أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اهد أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم فرج الكرب عن أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصب على على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وأصحابه معين والحمد لله رب العالمين